Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Up Your Alley. It's a podcast with two best friends. That's me. My name is Taylor Egger, and with me, as always, is my best friend, Jake Baggett. Say hi, Jake. Hey, buddy. It's a show where we recommend things to each other, then we come back the next week and grade them on a scale of one to three, depending on how much the other person's recommendation was up our individual alleys. Today, we are going to be, whenever you listen to it, but today for us, for you also today. This episode. But a different today. There you go. You're better at this than I am. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to do the call to action? Tell people to subscribe? Make sure you smash that like button. On YouTube. Uh, Smash that bell. On YouTube as well. I'm just going to go right back to the smash well. Smash that five-star review. There it is. Smash that comment. Put in the comment, smash if you smash to this podcast i don't don't know if we want people to be smashing yes everybody i want to call to action everybody smash and then write smash in the comments do not do that (laughs) yes or do it's good for engagement i've been (laughs) i've been going down the youtube uh and everything rabbit hole in all my spare time of algorithms and like how to do everything yeah and apparently it's just like everyone uh that has worked with the algorithm they're like well how do we do this and they're like we're not gonna tell you but we know how it works but you figure it out yeah, because Isn't that fun. They don't want people to know why people like what they beautiful, like because I think it's beautiful capitalism at work. No, this is my cash cow. It's just if you make something better than me, right? I will get rubbed out. And I think it's it's all about retention, just getting people to stay on that platform. So whatever yeah. platform you're listening to this on, stay on that platform uh-huh. after you listen to this. Do everything. Find another podcast on Spotify to listen to. Speaking of which, did you hear the podcasting news on Spotify? No, Mister uh, Joseph Rogan. His yeah. contract was up, yeah, and Spotify came back to him and was like, "Hey, we'd like you to be exclusive again." And yeah. they gave him a reported two hundred and fifty million dollars. Are you kidding me? Yep, this is ridiculous. That's amazing. That's ridiculous. And there's another girl uh, named Alex. She had a podcast called Call Her Daddy, and she had an exclusive deal for Spotify as well. She was three years, sixty million dollars. Yeah, and when her contract was up, they're just like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, because I think there's something to the exclusivity of Rogan where like the only way you can get him is on Spotify. Yeah. And I think he has enough big tech billionaires that would probably throw him a bunch of money if Spotify didn't lock it up. And they're just like, say whatever you want. We don't care. Oh my gosh. Here's a bunch of money. It's gotta be an absurd amount of money for him. So money makes no sense. No, it's fake. (laughs) One million dollars. Yeah. I think I was talking to uh, the kid about this and she was, I don't know how we got in the conversation about money, but we were talking about the richest person (laughs) in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And it was like, well, how much money does she have? And I asked her, I was like, well, how much money do you think you could spend in a day? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know, $5,000. If you could spend $5,000 a day, that's a lot of money. I was yeah. like, that is a lot of money. Yeah. So the richest person in the Commonwealth of Virginia has $34 billion. So yeah. she could spend $5,000 a day for over 10,000 years <laughs> and not run out of money. And the kid just goes, that's a lot of money. I was yeah. like, it's an unnecessary it's amount of money. It's a dumb amount of money. Yeah. It's a stupid, stupid, stupid dumb amount of money. I'm just saying, that being said, some people in this commonwealth have too much money. Some people get paid $250 million for podcasting. Jake and I will do it for what? Like six We're million? doing this because we're having fun. No, I'm saying someone <laughs> wants to buy it. Like $6 million, we're out. I will say whatever you want for $6 million. Are you listening? Netflix? immediately go alt-right. HBO Max? $6 million. Immediately. Well, then I'll go hard woke and we can just have an argument (laughs) argument podcast. Always the yin to my yang. That's what we're here for. (laughs) We complain about wokeness and old movies. (laughs) The thin man is too woke. (laughs) But that does get into what we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, Jake's recommendation for me was the 1934 film the Tin Man. Yes, sir. Uh, a Very close. Comedy film, a <laughs> 90-year-old uh, comedy film, uh, spawned a bunch of sequels starring uh, William Powell. Did you really not notice that you called it The Tin Man? I did. Yeah. Thin Man. The Thin Man, yeah. Thin Man. You didn't notice? <laughs> not a fat man, no. You really hit it. You Maybe I'm just like, saying it like a... The Tin Man. Like an Irishman. I guess so. He's so tin. Yeah. <laughs> William Powell and The Tin Man. <laughs> yeah. I could do Perfect. accents too, Jake. It's yeah. not just you. That's a very good Jamaican uh, accent, sir. No, I was going Irish. <laughs> Stop it. Fuck. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Netflix original docuseries from this year. Uh, just came out last month in January, American Nightmare. So we're going to be getting into all that in just a little bit. But Jake, anything new going on with you, bud? Shit. Shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too much, really. Not too much. Honestly. We were talking just briefly before we going. got uh, started. I've actually been playing yeah. a little bit of Xbox. Yeah. And the scuttlebutt is that Starfield, which was the supposed to be the big Xbox title 
nominated for game of the year do all this stuff and it just kind of petered out yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so the rumor is they're going to bring it to playstation yeah yeah a little rumor and also uh Indiana Jones and the Circle of Fate. Which yeah, I'm I super stoked about that. I'm really excited. I didn't know that that was going to be an Xbox it's, uh, exclusive game. Nolan it's, North is but doing it is Bethesda. It? No, it's Machine Games, which is Bethesda. No, Nolan North, the actor. Oh, I can't remember yeah. that part. I think it's him. Get it's off my of, plane. Well, Nolan North or Troy Baker, one of those guys that does every video game character. I went to find a iconic Harrison Ford quote. Yeah, you went and, with and Air I went Force with Air Force One. It's uh, Troy Baker is doing it. Okay, it's one of those two. Yeah. It's always one of those two. Yeah, it's one of those two. I did, uh, I played two games. I've had a little bit of time to myself. I downloaded a two-hour demo of Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Played my two hours. Yeah? Yeah. And? I don't know. I feel it was the perfect amount of time to play it. Yeah. When they're like, you're going to want to buy this because yeah. you're gonna it's not like holy shit i need to do this right now after the first 30 minutes of gameplay yeah but afterwards you're like all right yeah there's yeah. a lot to uh a lot to wrap your head around i was in the middle of a, starting i was in the middle of an argument with a squirrel yeah and then the game just backed out and i was like oh shit i, oh, hit, I hit the playstation man. button and then i went back and it's like oh your trial's up and i was like oh yeah i wasn't done talking to that squirrel yeah so then they're like you want to pay 70 bucks and finish talking to that squirrel that i'm like <laughs> Maybe <laughs> let me let me sleep on it first. Hey, buddy! <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It, it seems fun. The mechanics of it are. It's a really good game, man. There's one of the first, I guess, one of the first big battles that you get into uh, once you're out of the squid ship. Which I didn't know there were Cthulhu's in Baldur's Gate. Yeah, that's fun. There you go. And uh, but it's like goblins are like trying to break into this little place. Yep. And it's you and the elf guy, and. That took me. I died like three, four times because I'm like, oh shit! There's a lot more strategy yeah. involved in this. There's like a hell of a lot of stuff that you have to think about. It's not the simple RPG of attack. No, and here's your percentage, and no. then you have to things move affect around. your percentages. Yeah, and you can affect their percentages on their turns, mm-hmm. and just check out your environment and make sure that you use that move up properly. to the high ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very well-made game. Like it's yeah. once you get a handle on the I mean I'm not breaking any new ground here, one game of the year. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. it might be You can see where it's coming from a little bit now though. I, I can kind of see it. Yeah. So I st- I played probably 2 hours of a couple different games. I played 2 hours of Baldur's Gate. I played 2 hours of Death Stranding. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I sent you a text where There's I was just a, like, this is a maddening game. It's an exposition dump at the beginning. Like, you're yes. talking about the two-hour yeah. mark. And that two hours, you probably play the game for like a half hour. Maybe. And I'm not somebody that gets upset about watching a game. Right. But there is something about that game where an hour and a half of it is exposition that just does not make sense to me. Yeah. And then they're like, you know you got to take some packages <laughs> across the mountains. You said this is going to be a uh, movie as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this should be a movie. I think this, just from what I know, and after that, I was like, I'm not going to finish this game. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I can't do this. It's it's <laughs> too much. It's just weird. You, it's a- it's The gameplay loop is not fun for me. Yeah. Well, I think it's very well made. It's gorgeous. Well, there's a lot rem- more to the game than just the first two hours. Right, yeah, like, yeah. But the walking around of it reminded yeah. me of a game that when we lived together, when was that, like 15 years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, We you played a game called Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. And it's just kind of a lot of walking around in an open, yeah. empty world. Yeah, and that that's kind of what it reminded me of, just the ambiance mm. of that. And I never played Shadow of the Colossus either. That game's beautiful. Yeah. It's, that game's brilliant. It's rated one of the best games of all time. Yes. But I changed uh, Roger Ebert's mind about video games being art. Good. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Sure. It's just weird. But they're like, he was like, they're, video games aren't art. And then somebody's like, play Shadow of the Colossus. And he's like, well, to be okay, fair. Okay, I see where you're coming from. He is eager up when video games were just Pong. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know. And I'm like, I'm not somebody that gets upset with people that don't see it the way that I see it. Right. You know? Yeah. But it was funny that he gave it a shot and he was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I definitely think Death Stranding could be a, a series, like in the style of The Last of Us. If this was on TV, people would lose yeah. their friggin' minds. The I whole think, thing about beached things and... I think we need to really back up and just start making movies again. I'm tired of series. Are you? Yeah, I just, I'm I don't think tired of it. Already, like, I played this game for two and a half hours, and I don't think that's... 
I'm recommending a long movie to you. Yeah. And two and a half hours is a long time. Yeah. But I feel like playing this game for two and a half hours, every yeah. bit of the story was kind of necessary. Yeah. If I had already gotten to the end of this story in the two and a half hours, I yeah. don't think it would have been as impactful. I mean, Last of Us is told over, what, 10 hours of TV. Yeah. The first game. And it's a great series. I think they could do something like this. But also, they've already used an actor in this, so that's kind of weird. Mm. And then I watched a, what I was saying when I'm not going to finish this game, I watched this guy has a uh, lore documentary slash review of this. Yeah. And watched half of that. It's fantastic. The lore, the way he breaks it down, so much good, so many good ideas in it. Yeah. And I see where uh, Kojima was just like, you know, there are these people that are obsessed with uh, delivering and they want all the likes and they're going to steal your thing and they're going to get likes. I'm like, all right, here's the Kojima commentary that we all come to. Yeah, video games for mm-hmm. you know going back to Sons of Liberty where he's like you're in a game aren't games weird yeah isn't this a weird thing we're both doing <laughs> and just like all right I like it okay I dig it I'm I'm excited for the second one I don't know if I'll play it though but I'm interested to see what this story is and yeah yeah that's about as far I mean as I, I want to go back to playing it it's on PlayStation it's be a Plus while. right now that's how I got it yeah mm. and the other game that I played which is my favorite out of home so far I finally got around to playing Pal World. Pal World. Yeah. Oh, the... Uh, Pokemon with guns. Pokemon with guns. Holy shit, this is a fun game to play. Yeah? Yes. So okay. it combines not just Pokemon and guns, yeah. which it does do. It's Pokemon and guns. Yeah. But it has... Um, Survival elements. The platforming it. context is very similar to Fortnite, the way you move around. Yeah. Uh, which is just very smooth, you know, good-looking environments, and kind of looks like Fortnite, the way it's cel-shaded. Uh, the capture mechanics are just like Pokemon. The fighting mechanics, similar to Fortnite as well. But then it has climbing like Breath of the Wild, and also you can get a paraglider like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And then it has like Minecraft survival and crafting and everything like that. And yeah. they're all done the a, obnoxious parts that are like the kind of the step up into survival games where you have to like grind out this little bit. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much gone you can get up and going it's like here's a chest you can store 900 of everything just put it in there it's fine uh-huh. we took all the boring parts of survival games out and just made it fun and there's a little green uh fox thing yeah and his special power is he jumps on your head and he pulls out a gun and he shoots <laughs> whatever you're looking at with his gun oh yes no no i mean i just have like no anything inside me that wants to play that game you're not a pokemon guy though I am, too, a Pokemon guy. Are you? Yeah. What was the last Pokemon you played? Shield. Really? Yeah. I got sword. Yeah, everybody got sword. Mm. I like the dog with a sword in his mouth. (laughs) I always choose the one that everybody's not choosing. You red or blue? I was red and blue and yellow. To be fair, I did both as well. I did all three. What are you talking about? I did all three, bud. Yeah. Yellow was that's a the little same bit game. Much. Yeah, I, I understand, but still. <laughs> it was absolutely it was the same time. I got it. Regardless, we're going off topic. But yes, I we mean are. that's sort of the kind of the name of the game. But I'm happy people are enjoying it. Yeah, I mean I hope it means something to uh, the Pokemon company. I think it's shocking that Nintendo hasn't sued them. I mean they're not going to. Right? Why would they care? I mean it's they sued they cease and desisted a mod where it changed all the pals to pokemon i could see that yeah i think it's just it's funny that this studio just, just made a better pokemon you. game yeah. and nintendo's got to just be like oh shit we should have just done that what they're doing is going yeah maybe there's some stuff that we can take from this i would hope that nintendo would have gone the route of uh you know how like when uh, Instagram came out, Facebook's like, oh, that's a better way to share images than what we have. We'll just buy it. Yeah. And so Facebook, or now it's Meta, Meta bought Instagram and shit like that. And kind of tech companies will swallow up these smaller little competitors. Google bought out YouTube. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You hope that happens? I don't see why Nintendo didn't do that. They're like, oh, this is really good tech. Yeah. We're just going to take that and we're going to make it an official Pokemon game. Not with mm. the guns, obviously, but <laughs> it's fuck- It's so much fun, Jake. I think it's you get it on Steam. I mean, it's on Game Pass, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was playing it on. And I have that. Oh, that's right. You have an Xbox. No, I have a PC. Oh, Game Pass is a thing for PC, too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, isn't that great? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's definitely fun. It's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just got Yakuza, so I'm going to be playing that. Still doing the Infinite Wealth, huh? I mean, that's probably all I'm going to be doing until Tomb Raider comes out on February 14th. The remastered Tomb Raiders? Yeah. You're doing that, huh? I cannot wait to play them. Huh. Yeah. 
I'm like super excited to play them again. I gotta tell you, I don't think I've ever beaten a Tomb Raider game. I've beaten one. No, I watched my dad beat the first one. Really? Yes. Huh. And then I beat the second one, and I never touched the third one. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, this one's nostalgia for me purely. Just but hitting that. I am like super oh. excited. I mean, good for you. I hope people play it, and then I hope people get how the gameplay is actually really fun. It's the tank mechanics, though, isn't it? Like, are I mean, they changing that like they did with the Resident Evil? I don't, I'm not sure, but it's more of a methodical and thoughtful platformer than something like Mario, where they want you to We don't talk ill of Mario out. in this household. I'm not. I'm saying that Mario is more fluid and arcadey, where this game mm-hmm. is you want to look and assess at jumps to see where you're going to go next. I can kind of see that because, I mean, a lot of, I mean, kind of the successor to the Tomb Raider games were the Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. And those were a little bit like, here's a building and certain places, certain bricks are orange. Yeah. So you know where to go and then you just hold, yeah. uh, I think... Analog and X, I think and it was then an you're going. H-Bomber guy that did a good breakdown of traveling uh, when he was talking about um, platformers and how they've gone downhill. Huh? He's like, oh, yeah, this looks great, but really I'm holding forward. Yeah. That's it. Everything else just does it automatically. Something like that. Where yeah. this thing is something where you can take a look and you'd be like, I'd probably get down by riding through here or uh-huh. something. And then you walk. Walking is important because walking will stop her from going over an edge. And then... You can hit back once, and you jump back precisely one tile length, yeah. which is enough for a running start to get your full jump arc. Oh, so you got to set it up. There's, well, there's stuff that you can get set up. And then after a while, you get used to it and understand it so that when there are more demanding moments where you're running away from something or you have to time something, yeah. you, you just get better at assessing things with your eyes huh. on what a jump is. The game is a lot more thoughtful than people give it credit because i definitely have never given it any it's, credit my favorite thing was the reason her breasts are big is because there's a uh when they were they just hit a wrong vertex so her breasts shot out far and that's why they're triangles right and they were just like stop stop right there that's perfect <laughs> game it <laughs> you know why mario has a mustache similar reasons uh yeah so they know he has a nose well it's because they couldn't uh Find a way to program it to where there was a hole in where on between his nose and his chin. Yeah, so it looks weird, right? Because yeah. they couldn't find a way to change the background color there. So just like, yeah, I just put a pixel of mustache. Yeah, there. just give him a mustache. Yeah, it's nice that some of the most iconic video game things were just created out of necessity and laziness. It's just like, yeah, yeah, accident. Yeah, it was great. All right, so uh, I feel like there was something else I want to talk to you about. Maybe there may have been no. If it comes up, I'll just find a way to shoehorn it in let's later. Just plop it on in there. All right. Well, let's get into what we're going to be talking about as soon as we get back from this quick message from this week's sponsor. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in the world and is going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a very different way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible, and that's important because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially if you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with your therapist, and there's a link in our description. It's betterhelp.com slash alley. That's betterhelp.com slash alley. Clicking that link helps you support this channel and also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with a therapist to see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't fit in with your first therapist, and that's common, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without the stress of insurance or who's in your network or anything like that. I'm a big proponent of therapy, and anybody that knows me can attest to the difference that it's made in my life the past couple years, and I recommend this program to anybody. So if you're struggling, please consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit BetterHelp.com slash Allie. That's BetterHelp.com slash Allie for 10% off your first month. And we want to thank BetterHelp for supporting our podcast. And we're back. All right. Let's get into my recommendation for Jake first, which is the 2024 true crime television series uh, available to stream now on Netflix, American Nightmare. 
uh, three-part series, Jake, you can attest to this, moves at a good clip. Yeah. Like, it's three parts, but it's, I mean, you're, it's easy to sit down and watch all three. It's not a slog of a documentary. No, no. Three episodes. I don't like how coy I'm you're being. Thinking about, this. about what you're talking about. The documentary I had you. And watch. so far, our assessment is you can watch it. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Netflix. Um, so this covers. Uh, it's about a real life case, obviously true crime. That was dumb to say and clarify. Uh, mm. March 2015, the kidnapping of Denise Huskins. Uh, from the home that she shared with her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn, out in California, uh, mm-hmm. investigated by the police. Originally, this got swept up. I don't remember this when it happened. Do you? I don't know. It was a national news story. Like, they're showing clips from, like, Good Morning America and stuff like that. I don't know what I was doing in 2015, but it wasn't, it wasn't this. Yeah, I don't watch the news. <laughs> so it was uh, kind of billed in the news as a real-life Gone Girl situation. That's why you recommended this no i was thinking about trying to (laughs) sneak this into all affleck april as soon as they were like have you seen the movie gone girl and i was like what the hell there is is this there is a a point in there just like just like that ben affleck movie and i'm just like yes (laughs) but no unfortunately april this year only has uh four fridays otherwise this would have made it into all affleck april (laughs) one one year we'll get a five Five Affleck April. Yeah. But regardless. So uh, it's a really well-made documentary, and I think it's a good documentary because it's not uh, narrator-focused. Mm-hmm. It kind of just lets it all play out as it wants to. Uh, great interviews. Great, uh, well-edited. Mm-hmm. Keeps you on your toes for something that, like I said, it, had I known the outcome of this case going into it, I don't think I would have enjoyed, enjoyed this as much. Yeah. It kind of played out as a uh, more of a mystery because yeah. it's not like the last a true crime thing I let you watch or made you watch rather was the cult of Mother God, mm-hmm. which that opens with she's dead and she's blue. Yeah. So you kind of know what you're getting into. It's like eventually this woman's going to die. The mystery is why is she blue? But then yeah. we find that out as well. In this, it really every episode kind of leaves you at a different point. So the background of the case is Denise gets kidnapped. Aaron gets pulled into questioning because the police automatically think this dude did it. I mean, like, you gotta he's question got question the cra- boyfriend, the guy that was there. Right. What the did crazy you see? story is and that someone broke yeah. into their house. Um, Waving a laser pointer in his face. Right. Taped him up, put on uh, swimming goggles that were all blacked out. Yeah. Said, you know, you got to stay here. I've got cameras set up. You can't do anything for whatever it was, like 10 hours. Yeah. We're going to take her. And then left. And then he got out. He'd been heavily sedated as well. Uh, goes out, calls the police, and the police are just like, we don't believe you at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit. So it has the questioning of him. And then at the end of episode one, the girl comes back and she just shows up at her dad's house. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, at the end of episode one, you're like, oh, she faked this whole thing. Yeah. A real life gone girl situation, yeah. if you will. And then at the end of episode two, episode two, you get to hear her story. And you're just like, holy shit, this is a whole different thing. Yeah. And at the end, you're just like, this kind of ended on a happy-ish note. This, uh... The story? The whole story? Yeah. All three episodes? I mean... No, it, you get to see who the real villain is. Right. And it's the villain that's in every single crime story. Straight white male? Cops. Oh, It's well, always cops. Yeah. That no. fuck it up. Okay, before we get into that, there was the one nice cop at the end. Of course, but yes. that's just one good apple. It, it was a real uh, small town police department, good old boy situation. Yeah. Uh, so I guess full spoilers for this. But yeah, it turns out that she really was kidnapped by a guy who was a serial uh, sexual assault, burglary, kidnapping. Yes. Horrible person. They catch him at the end, the actual bad guy. Police officers, uh, they end up having to pay out because they just... Besmir- 2.5 million, good bag. Besmirched this woman yes. in the press. The, the, who was the a second press... Who was a true victim meeting of that they had. was yeah. like, she wasted our time and resources... Horrible. ...that we could be using to solve real crime. Right. And it's and it just... it wasn't real crime. <laughs> and it's just, wow. I think the uh, one of the quotes from the police when she finally was finally escaped or was released and she went back home the police officer was just like let's burn this bitch yeah and they just dragged her name through the mud yeah 
It's insane. Horrible. How so much of it is like, let's just get an eviction. Right. We conviction. just got to resolve this. Uh, a conviction. conviction. Yes. Not an eviction. Let's get an eviction they, they got and keep, a conviction. They got to keep their house. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, we have to just... Right. Let's just wrap this up, please, fast. So on the scale of true crime documentaries, how, how'd you like it? I, as far as just purely entertainment, not the source material, not anything like that, just purely on an entertainment value. I hesitate to give it a three. Mm-hmm. I I do believe that it's a two, but I also just don't know how I feel about these types of things anymore. Really? Because... It's one of the most popular genres in podcasting, yeah, films, documentaries. Because it feels manipulative towards me trying to make me feel this way like at the end of the first episode it's directed and edited that way to make you believe that the boyfriend uh is in on it right you know and they're doing that to fuck with you so how'd you feel at the end of episode one when the boyfriend goes in <coughs> i found him to be untrustworthy yeah. but i've been I wrong mean, before when he brought up the wetsuits wrong about this when, yeah. he, when the because he was like he was like, I asked him if I could have the blanket because I was cold. Right. I asked the 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 home invader if I could have a, the blanket back because it was cold. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're probably cold because it's cold in here. But I'm not cold because I'm wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> and it's like, it's like that's crazy. That's the, the craziest thing I ever heard. What a weird bit of information. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I probably, yeah. <laughs> if the burglar was just like... Oh, that's sorry. I couldn't feel that because I have this large scar on my left yeah. hand that's easily identifiable. He's like, I'm about 5'11", 175 pounds. I don't really feel <laughs> the cold. Where did you grow up? That's where my mom lives. <laughs> yeah. Just it's so, throwing out yeah. way more information than is needed. It yeah. did sound like someone was making up a story. Yes. Yeah. And I and I just, I, I guess it's the uh, episodic idea of it. That but makes I don't even me feel count this as episodic, really. Yeah, because it is. But it's my idea. It's not that released week to week. If somebody watches the first episode and they walk away and they're like, "Those people are assholes," but they're wrong. Can you imagine only watching the first episode? Yes, of this? <laughs> I can't. I feel like there's so many people out there that watch the first episode. They're like, "I can't watch this. It's going to be about two people I really don't like." I figured out those people suck. The cops yeah. are doing their job. Yeah. <laughs> Someone so, that just walks away from this, even after episode two. But like by the third episode, that's when I realized like they're doing a great job. They even talked to a really good crime reporter, a type of crime reporter that's not super slimy. Yeah, that he's like, you know, he's just passionate about good crime coverage. Oh yeah, just that dude, the reporter. His yes. name name I forget, but he was great. I don't know what his name is, but he was somebody that was getting emails from the criminal right. being like. She's telling the truth. I'm real. Yeah. <laughs> and here's pictures of so the stuff. When she gets released, she recounts the story to the police officers. And like we mentioned previously, the police officers are just like, we don't believe you. We think yeah. you made this whole thing up uh, because there is backstory that the boyfriend wanted to get back together with one of his exes. Yeah. And for some reason that they don't even bring up, one of the police detectives used to date. The FBI agent. The FBI agent that was brought in yeah. used to date. His ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend who he says that the kidnappers thought they were getting. Yes. So, wow. Yes. So, it does... So The cop story is basically, she faked it to get back at her boyfriend who was about to leave her. They should have focused on how terrible cops are at their job from the beginning. Right. (laughs) But maybe that's just a thing for me. These cops. Let's not throw every No, all cops. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're all doing that. In California. I feel like if you have any form of authority, you should be held at a higher standard across the board. Agree. When it comes to something like this, you should not be allowed to just get off the hook because you're a cop. Or be promoted. Yes. Or get cop of the year. (laughs) And I think his name was Detective Mustard. Matt Mustard. (laughs) Detective, which sounds made up. Yes. Out of all the things that were hard to believe in this story, that the lead detective was Detective Matt Mustard. Matt Mustard. Mustard. And it's just like you watch the uh, interrogation styles that they have, mm-hmm. and like that's how they—that's uh, like a method of trying to get confessions out of people, right? Which is to like, you know, even lie to them, being like, "You're lying to me. I have it on paper." Yeah, from the lie detector test, yeah, cops are allowed to lie to you. Yes, one of the biggest things that you could tell people is every every time you see in a movie, where it's like you have to tell me if you're a cop. 
Yeah. That's cops that told people to put that into movies. <laughs> See? So they could be like, no, I saw the movie. You have to tell me if you're a cop. But cops yeah. don't have to tell you if they're cops. I think that they should be held at a higher standard. I absolutely think agree with you 100%. There you go. But I'm not going to say that they're all bad. I'm going to go ahead and say that they are bad until proven that they are good. Ooh, the opposite of what we have. Yes. Huh. That's, that's weird, how it should be done. That's a weird dichotomy a you cop got there, Jacob. comes to you, and they're like, hey, I just want to talk to you a few minutes. You go, lawyer, 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 lawyer. And it's like, you're not under arrest or anything. Lawyer. I want a lawyer. We're you don't se- tell them we're anything. We're selling raffle tickets. Yeah, they're just like, I just want your name. Lawyer. Don't give them anything, ever, ever, because all they're doing is trying to say uh, the worst thing that c- they could be doing. Let's say this. Is that they're trying to get a conviction. Uh-huh. So if you give them any information, the worst police officer is trying to use that to get a conviction. Right. The best case scenario is that they're trying to help you. That's great, but you can have that with a lawyer present that's going to help you make sure that you're not dealing with the worst. I feel like you're in the pocket of big lawyer. I wish, man. <laughs> I hate that we have to rely on lawyers. I hate lawyers. <laughs> lawyers are good. Lawyers are we ha- we know good lawyers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, we also know very scummy lawyers. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Fair point. But uh, anyway, so there is a great cop in this. The cop at the end. Yes, she's who, wonderful. Who she works basically when the whole thing comes together, and she cracks the case, finds out who this guy is. This guy yep. tries to break into another home, and she kind of pieces it all together. She's right place, right time. She has the initiative, and she finally. You know, solves the case, cracks the case. Yeah. And then the last episode's kind of like the fallout of uh, catching the guy. And yep. then, you know, the people, uh, Aaron and Denise, you know, yep. they end up getting married. Yes. They end up having kids. Uh, they sue Wonderful. the police officer uh, for yeah. so much money. Yeah. But the I don't think department. enough for some reason. Absolutely not enough. Because the reputation like, is tarnished forever now. Yeah. Well, and I feel like you have to go to Netflix now because now, if anything, she's in a better light now because of Netflix. Yeah. Because at this point, I had no idea who she was. Yeah. But now I know who she is. And I know she's a survivor, first of all. Yeah. And uh, an honest person. Yeah. And, you know, a good person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they have to do so much resource. Yeah. So much research and just, like, have so much receipts to be like, we are talking to a woman that has had... This happened to her. Horrible things. And we have so much evidence that it happened. Right. So please, 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 please believe this. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a good... So I guess that's why I'm hovering on giving it a three. Right. Because it does do a justice to the victims it scratches your, of this crime. Uh, believe all women itch. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like you can't just jump to a conclusion. Right. So this story isn't really why I recommended it. Yeah. I really just liked it as... Uh, because the story, yeah, like like I said, it pulls out my heartstrings. It's great. It I does think a it's, great job setting up these characters and uh, making you uh, view your own prejudice yes. when you're listening to somebody talk. For sure, you know. Even though I would say that it is manipulated for you to believe what they're presenting you is that like the boyfriend is the uh, a perpetrator yeah. or that she is lying. Oh, his, his first interview, I was just like, oh, he killed her. He, and then she, like, as soon as I was just like, oh, he totally killed her. He killed her 100%. And yeah. at the end of the first episode, she shows up. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And then I'm oh, like, she oh, she is lying. She's in on it. <laughs> yeah. She knew the whole time. She set this up. Just, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. And she did all this to screw over. And she's telling the truth. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, like, then who's the bad guy? The cops. The uh, ones I was rooting for the whole time yeah all right that's on me i so think that's what you're trying to say it, yeah at the end you're like all right that was on me yeah. that was on me uh, taking it as a three-part thing and realizing that it's not trying to manipulate me right. more than it's trying to say you're not getting the whole story or you're not following the evidence and you're just taking in uh, what you're portray what's presented to you and saying and they're saying this is the fact right. and you go okay you because know. like my favorite thing was the lie detector test yes and the guy says... Which is complete bullshit. Yes. Never take a lie detector test. Well, no. They're just inadmissible in most courts. Yeah. Just never... Well, take one for a job interview because it's still something that some jobs do. But really? Yeah. For like top secret, especially around here. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You got to do that. Which, but I'm pretty sure they're trying to tell you. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you're cool under pressure, man. But uh, they said like, you were lying, uh, but they showed like in record him saying that it's inconclusive. 
right. if he's lying or not. And the cop just flat out lies to him. Cop just like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm it made me lying. You know what it made me think of when we just. But they back. showed you in the first episode, like he's just straight up lying, and then by the third episode is when they're saying, "We didn't tell you the part where." Right, that cop is lying. No, it, what made me think yeah. about it, breaking it down a three act structure? It's a, uh, it's a the prestige. Mm-hmm. You have the pledge, then you have the turn, <laughs> then you have the prestige at the end, and the prestige is fucking. They were right the whole time. <laughs> These people you thought were bad people, they're actually victims. Yeah. Don't you feel like a shithead? I never try to feel like somebody is a bad person. The reason I recommended you know. this to you is just because you made me watch Anatomy of a Fall last week. Yeah, and I was so upset about that lady. <laughs> And I really had to like back myself off of like, no, maybe some court cases, you know, the victim is actually a victim and <laughs> there are good people involved. Yeah. Still hate that lady from Anatomy of a Fall. And that's, you have all your right to not like that person. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm well aware. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to but give me that I right. fucking hate that movie. Really enjoy that movie. Oh, God. I have a movie filled with terrible people for you. I can't wait. Yes. Uh, so yeah, but as a as a whole of the way it was made, I think it's great. If you want something to watch, where you're just chilling, I'd say all watch night. it. Yeah, In- if you like true crime, incredibly watch. What statistically you do. It's watch of, it. It's one of those things that it'll be in the cultural zeitgeist for like a month, and then it'll be gone. Like one of those stories. It's gonna be. Remember the story of that little girl that uh, her her mother was very abusive. She killed her mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she got a boyfriend to kill her mother. Yes. And then that documentary oh, came out. Was that was that Ice Spice? No, that's no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I can't even name? remember her name. But she just got out of prison recently. Yeah, yeah. I hope she's doing well. That poor, poor lady. <laughs> that was a very shocking documentary, right there. Yeah. What was her name? I can't remember her name. Gypsy Rose. Yeah. I wasn't far off with Ice Spice. To be fair. <laughs> I'm an old man. These are names that I've just heard. That was a very old man thing to do. What is this ice spice I keep hearing about? I wasn't far off. Yeah, that was great. In my adult middle-aged white man brain, in my middle-aged white dad brain, Ice Spice and Gypsy Rose as names that I've heard people say. Yeah. Without any real, <laughs> you know, frame of reference for who they are or what they've done. <laughs> yeah. I've heard these names before. You can see where Gypsy Rose and Ice Spice kind of gets knocked in there. They sound like just two words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just things I don't know. What's a Doja Cat? I don't know. But people say it all the time. Can't tell you. That is so funny. But Shut yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old man. I don't That's, care. This is one of those documentaries, like Purgatory, where yeah. I watch it and it's more fascinating mm-hmm. the entire process of it and how much it creates a character that you know you just you, you kind of relate to yeah. enough to empathize with and it's just like that's powerful stuff it's really powerful yeah so yeah so uh, everyone should check it out american it's nightmare two, but it's like really hard for me to say it's a two when i i can convince it's myself real, in my brain that it could be a three real borderline for you. yes yeah well i'm glad you enjoyed it I I'll did take enjoy it. it. I'll take it too. Yeah. So that's uh, American Nightmare available to stream on Netflix. Gets a two from Jake, gets a three from me, and mm-hmm. the film Gone Girl also gets a three from me. <laughs> you have to recommend it to me so that we could give the podcast. I don't think. <laughs> I can't wait. I don't know if now Gone Girl's going to make it. <laughs> is that whatever I decide is the. The podcast. podcast. All Affleck April is going to be so many ones. No. All Affleck April is going to be bulletproof. First of all, that is so you gave, funny. You gave Phantoms a three. So that movie's really good. You gave Reindeer Games a three, too. Did I give that a three? Probably not, but I'm lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a big lie. Yeah, it was. Pretty sure I gave that one a two. You might have. <laughs> it's not important. There's no way to tell. That was all last year. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, watch American Nightmare. So, let's get into Jake's yes. recommendation for me, the 1934 film, The Thin Man. Yes, sir. Thin Man. The Thin Man. Starring William Powell and Myrna Lloyd as their characters, Nick and Nora Charles, which they made a bunch of movies. Yes, they did. Goodness gracious. So, this was. Um, I own them all. I only seen the first one. And going back to watch this first one again yeah. makes me want to watch them all. Huh. Yeah. So this was uh, this movie came out right before the... It's known as pre-code Hollywood. The Hollywood Code came out in 1934. Yeah. Uh, known as the Hayes Code. That was basically saying, well, you can and can't put 
in movies yeah. available for the public. Because, you know, it's the Wild West back then. No toilets. Yeah, Don't se- show a toilet. Sleeping in separate beds. Yeah. I wonder how many people actually slept in separate beds back then. My grandparents did. Really? Yep. Huh. My uh, my uh, my my mom talked about um, the street that they used to live on. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a, f- a couple that moved in to a house, and they were the only couple that actually slept in the same bed out of all the friends. Scandalous. Yeah. Was it two twin beds? I don't know. Oh, for my grandparents? Yeah. No, they both had a full size. Nice. Yeah, they know how to stretch the ponies out. My gosh, dude. It sounds like the life. That's the dream. And they weren't separate. They had separate rooms. Dude, living up. See? Yeah. That's a great idea. They're not wrong. Yeah. My parents. You snore, right? She snores? Yeah. You just, all right, I'm going to go to my room. (laughs) I used to snore real bad, but I fixed that problem. But, uh, yeah, my parents had a bed that was was adjustable. Mm -hmm. I used to love that. It was an old timey adjustable ones that had like a remote that was like attached, like hard bolted into it. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's I remember the commercials. Adjustable bed from the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Like it was it was fun and it vibrated a little bit too. It was fun. <laughs> we called it the jiggle bed. <laughs> Don't know why, but yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so regardless, this is pre code Hollywood. Um yeah, it's, I wouldn't nice. say that it's a a body movie. There are a couple jokes in here that apparently got flagged and might have had to been edited a little bit had to have been a sexagenarian joke i mean that was a funny bit so jake uh why'd you recommend this to me well, i don't know what i might have said in previous episodes that made you well, want you might, to maybe you blacked out maybe i don't know i i went on a bit of a tear about old but movies something something popped in you that Decided that you're going to set a stake that 1992 was when acting. No, because you gave Jurassic Park. Yeah. The, uh, that's right. Uh, the barometer. Yeah. I may have so, said in a previous episode, yeah. Jurassic Park was the first movie with good acting. <laughs> yeah. And The Godfather drags. Yes. So I just don't believe that at all. So I decided the best thing to do was to show you one of my favorite movies that's also one of the oldest of my favorite movies. Right. If it's not the oldest of my favorite movies. So I went all the way back to 1934 to show you William Powell and Myrna Loy living it up and killing it. Okay. So the film is centered around their characters, Nick and Nora Charles. Uh, They're a couple. He's a detective. She's his... uh, Wife. Quick talking, bantery wife. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you brought up last week was the chemistry between these two. Yeah. I'll say this fucking top notch. Undeniable. Yeah. So they made a whole bunch of these movies, which I can completely understand because these two are just there to talk like an old timey person. They're dynamite together. They're, they're dynamite together. So uh, they did The Thin Man, and then two years later they did after the thin man then another thin man then shadow of the thin man then the thin man goes home and finally song of the thin man yep they also did other uh william and Myrna did other movies together that weren't thin man related well you know they're very versatile so the plot of this movie is it opens up with uh a guy, professor, or an inventor type yeah, guy. He's just he's like an inventor. Vaguely business related, but does like he's got a technology, old timey technology. Yeah, but he's he's got a he's got a he's got a happening new idea, right? That's just going to be the bee's knees. Yeah. So he's keeping it tight lipped. See, ain't telling see, you're nobody. Do, you're doing that accent. It fucking drives me crazy. <laughs> and that what voice, that accent, that mid Atlantic. Or it, well, what, we are mid Atlantic. No, it's not mid Atlantic. What's the term for that <laughs> that voice? That, rah. See? Transatlantic. Transatlantic. See? That, that fucking drives me bananas. <laughs> I hate it so much. I'll try much. my best. I hate it I'll so much. I'll try my best, but this movie is filled with it. Yes. And it kind of lights you kind of lights you underneath with it. Yeah. You can, there's a lot of guys that would call women dames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dames and bros. That's my favorite. It's like, so you're just going to be dancing around the Maypole while I'm in there. I was like, that is the coolest saying that we need to bring back. Yeah. So, but yes, inventor. He's got a great idea, and he's going to be leaving. But a couple his, months, but his daughter shows his up. His daughter shows up. She's getting married, and mm-hmm. he's like, I got just the thing for you. So he goes up to check the bonds that he has. He's going to sell those bonds that mm-hmm. he took. She and, says, we're getting married on New Year's. He says, I'll be back by Christmas. Yep. And so he uh, tries to get those bonds. They're gone. Uh-huh. Uh, talks to whatever dude that he hired to be in the office. Can't, can't even tell you what his job was, but he's like, 
it, the secretary. She's the only one with the combo. Yeah. Go get her. Mm-hmm. So he goes over to there, uh, Mrs. Fox, and uh, there's already a ne'er-do-well at her apartment. Yes. And he's in there, and he's like, look, I need these too sweet, and I need these now. She's like, I ain't got these monies, boy. You're doing it. Can you, <laughs> can you, can you try? I'm trying my best. No, you're not. You said toot sweet. You've never said toot sweet when you're not trying to be a dick with this voice. First of all, it's tooth sweet. No, it's not. Yes, it is, because it is a bastardization of toot sweet. Which is the French, like, quickly. You change it to tooth sweet. Huh. Yeah, man. I don't... <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. All right. But you, you're better like, at this voice than me. It's $50,000. And she's like, I can give you $25,000. Yeah. And he was like, that's, you know, not good for me. So you're going to have to work this out. Right. Christmas comes up. He's not back. No show. No show. Clyde. And worse yet, Mrs. Fox... Is murdered. A murder most foul. Yes. Yeah. And now that's where our friend the thin man comes in. So Nick's on the case. He yes. gets pulled into the case. He's a retired detective. Him and his wife, they're at a party. They're drinking. They're... His wife is super rich. First of all, this dude has a drink in his hand constantly. He is so drunk the, the entire, entire movie. Yes. It is so great. It's like, it's almost like, uh, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> had a good like Mr. Bean and Don Draper put together yeah, just think? like the cartoonishness, but also always being drunk. Yeah, it's just fantastic. <laughs> the it's so good. He's so he's just as charming as he is drunk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fine line. Some of us can walk <laughs> it. But. He's just. He wakes up in the middle of the night <laughs> and, and he just walks to the foot of his bed to make himself a drink. My favorite thing is when they're <laughs> so the part of the filmmaking about this. Um, it it's a stage play. It's a stage play that they film. Like everything's like you're in this place, and then you're in this place, and then you're in this place. Well, I would say it's more of a a, a limitation of cameras, right? That's, that keep that's it all I'm saying. For and one, that was one of the things that in my rant I talked about is like a lot of these people were stage actors that came into film. Yeah. So a lot of times they weren't good at acting on film. I think mm-hmm. a lot of these characters or these actors were a little bit more nuanced. Yes. And there's I think a, there's a good amount of close-ups on these people. What saved this movie from being insufferable huh? is that it was so well written. Yes, it's the same way that you can watch old like 1940s or whatever versions of like Shakespeare's comedies, mm-hmm. and the fact that the writing is so strong and it's so quick back and forth. Like if you're yes. watching like a really good production of uh Midsummer or Merry Wives of Windsor or Taming of the Shrew or any mm. of the really good Shakespearean comedies, the writing is so good that as yeah. long as the actors are saying it in rhythm, yeah. it hits. As long as it has good direction and right. people understand what's going on. Exactly. The actors uh, understand what's so going on. They this, can sell it. I will say this, written fantastically. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the camera work because there is none. It's just, let's put it here, make sure the shit's kind of in frame, mm. and y'all go. I kind of disagree. The with acting you. wasn't. There was a good amount of play with light. There's a lot of times where yeah, lights I mean, turn out. No, no, I'm saying like camera works. There's not like big close ups or big panning shots or anything like that. There's no. It's it's the ni- It's 1930s. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that as a, a dig why I didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm saying for this time it was fine, but it was just the writing that carried this. The writing and the acting. Hmm. The voices were fucking horrible. But just the two leads were great. And then there were a couple of other smaller roles that were very funny. They have a party at one – it's the uh, Nick's, Nick and Nora's Christmas party. Infinite playlist. Stop. <laughs> you wanted to say it. I did, but I had to stop myself. <laughs> so Nick and Nora's Christmas party, it Infinite reminded playlist. me of the – Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> their Christmas party reminded me of the scene in uh, Ghostbusters – when Rick Moranis is having a party and it's all of his accounting clients and mm-hmm. he just keeps walking around and introducing everybody yeah. and just giving him, and I was just like, oh, that's clearly whoever blocked out that scene in Ghostbusters. Yeah. This has got to be where they got it from. Well, yeah. It's one I of those I can see what you mean, but like this has got a great uh, punchy uh, yeah. rhythm well to it. Yes. And it just, you, you feel the chaos of a party going yeah. on and he's just. He's circling around these people. People are singing and dancing. People are patting him on the back. Hey, no. Nick, we got to see this thing. There's one guy that's crying. And he wants to call his mom. Yeah. Um, but 
that that had one of my favorite lines in it. A great moment just between uh, Nick and Nora. Don't and <laughs> uh, where she says, "Is that my drink?" Yeah, and he says, "What were you drinking?" She says, "Rye." And he takes it and he downs the entire drink <laughs> and goes. That was yours. Then <laughs> yeah. she just like hits them. Yeah. And it was that playful kind of hit that wives yeah. get where you're like, oh, yeah. you, you're being but Their funny. whole thing is just them uh, being like that. Right. And I, the most beautiful thing in this whole movie. I really think she carried it more than yes. he did because characters like his. That's are, one of my favorite things. Well, is, you like the fucking what's his nuts that we did the episode on? Babu. The, oh. The guy in Los Angeles. We did the whole fucking episode about it. Uh, the guy in Los Angeles. Long goodbye. Oh, you you love yeah. you love a, cool? you love a funny hard boiled detective. Well, yeah, but I also love Mirna in this because no, that's what I'm saying. She's she's yeah. what sets it apart because there was no. Yes, I'll agree. Uh, there's a that's why I, I like this and more, more than the far long more comedic. It's far I like more this comedic. More than the long goodbye because the long goodbye again, like I said, was made before 1992, and there were <laughs> no good movies made before 1992. <laughs> Um, PlayStation Five ain't got no games. <laughs> That's true, but same argument. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Regardless, uh, this from me definitely gets a strong two. Hell yeah, stronger than I would have thought. Yeah, thought I would have hated it, but it does get a strong two. I didn't watch any of the other ones. Yeah. Um. What and also one of my favorite people about this was the dog. Yes. There's a very good dog in this. Incredible dog acting for 1934. I mean, that's just a good dog. It's a wire hair fox terrier. Yeah. Uh, dog's name is Skippy. I did mm-hmm. some report on Skippy because you know I love a good boy. <laughs> Skippy uh, lived to be 20 years old. Holy. It's a good boy. It's a pretty good run. And that dog was on command, but you could tell like when they cut to the dog. Yeah. It's like, all right, they had to film that completely separately. Like, yeah, of dog, course. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. At the end of the movie... He just throws the dog onto the top bunk yeah. of a train. Yeah. But, yeah, it, I think this set up great characters. Yeah. I, I, Beautiful characters. I would watch more. I'm not going out. Yeah. You know. When uh, Nick is actually in the thick of the uh, case yeah. now, and he's going to go out without Nora, and Nora is like, you know, that's like the only time that she shows like her actual feelings for mm-hmm. him, where she's like, He's like, goodbye. He's like, goodbye, darling. Just being like really kooky about it. He's like, no, I want a real goodbye. He's just like, oh, I think somebody loves me. He's like, that's not it. It's not that I love you. It's just that I've come accustomed to you being around me all the time. Yeah. It's like you can see that, you know, they love playing back and forth with each other, but it's also a very serious and beautiful relationship that they got going on. Yeah. And it's just so dog on well acted that I think it sells the whole it's damn thing. Well written. It's, what does that mean? The writing is what saves this. If they were just reading the scripts back and forth to as each a, other as a radio play, it would have been you, fine. But <laughs> I just don't. I don't know how to get through to you. Listen, listen. You put up your own blocks, you, you man. Gotta understand. You're limiting yourself you, from enjoying something. Nope. You got to understand that I've set myself up and I'm not willing to admit yeah, defeat I feel that. yet. Yeah. So I'm trying to come up with excuses <laughs> yeah. as to why I liked this. <laughs> See, what I'm doing is covering my ass, Jacob, because I said some very slanderous things. <laughs> yes, you did. About decades and worth I'm of history. I'm giving you one of the greatest outs. Yes. With an amazing movie. Right. A very well-written movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not saying there was no good writing back then. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna <laughs> slit your throat. That's so sad. I'm so sorry you gotta get murdered, That's, man. This is gonna be the end of episode one of our true crime <laughs> Netflix documentary. It's gonna be like everything was going so well. It's just Jake's like, oh, I'm gonna slit your throat. <laughs> they're like, oh no. And then there's just blood in the podcast. That studio. was recorded. <laughs> How did he have time to upload it to Spotify and edit in the better help ad before he bled out? <laughs> Gone fish tank. Oh, it'll be it'll be pretty fun. But that, yeah, this is good. It's available. Uh, like I said, I rented it for fucking three uh, bucks, four bucks, three bucks on Amazon. Yeah, they got all of them on there. The uh, of course I got it. So if you want to borrow it, just let me know. Let Jake know. As for <laughs> as always. So the couple things that were censored, uh, since this was a pre-code film, uh, for subsequent releases, it did come under a little bit more scrutiny. Yeah, these were the jokes that were a little too body. To make is, it in. This now so, you're talking my language. William Powell got uh, shot. Some guy breaks in and he, like yes. grazes him. Yeah. 
And uh, oh, that was Myrna my said, favorite joke. Myrna said, uh, says in the Herald, you got shot yeah. five times. Yes. And she says, no, she says just, got shot twice in the tabloids. Yeah, and shot. then he says, he didn't get anywhere near my tabloids. Yes, that joke which is, is incredible. Joke where he's referring to his dick and balls yes. as his tabloids. Yes. Great joke. Which that joke is great. Extraordinarily well written material. <laughs> Well delivered. And the other one was when the cops are searching uh, their apartment, uh, she says, what's that man doing in my drawers? Yes. Another great joke. It's a it's a little double entendre. There's great it's, little jokes like that. Could you, Waiter, could you serve the nuts? Ugh. Could you serve our guests the nuts? Right. Just good Fun. little, cute little jokes like that. Incredibly well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end, of the movie, like, I'm not going to give it the twist because, I mean, it's worth no, it to watch. It's worth it. it. Yeah. It's a great twist. It's great. Well, it's a sweet little uh, mystery. Right. And it's a, it, it comes, it has a nice little bow on it at the end, and they go out to California on a train at the, yeah. afterwards. It's My fun. favorite uh, joke was when he's going to go out for the uh-huh. first time. She's going through uh, his pockets, being like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What is this? And she takes out his gun, and she's got it pointing at him, and he puts his hands up, and he's like, looks like a holdup. <laughs> Like that's a great little joke. Yes, it's it's a fun movie. I will say this cute little thing. It's a it's a fun movie. But uh, so there's a three from Taylor. Nope, it's two. So it's really nice. A couple fun facts from the trivia. (laughs) William Powell. uh, This is according to IMDb trivia. William Powell spoke of how much he loved working with Myrna Loy because of her naturalness, her professionalism, and her lack of any kind of diva temperament. Hell yeah. This is a quote. When we did a scene together, we forgot about the technique, camera angles, and microphones. Check. That's cute. We weren't acting. We were just two people in perfect harmony. Perfect. Right, because they weren't acting. Right. That's the stuff that you like. No. Yeah, you like I this like real good stuff. Acting. I like good acting. You're like, I like it when it doesn't look like a play. Sam Neill didn't see dinosaurs, I but like he made good. us think he saw dinosaurs. Because you started going, but what? A dinosaur? That's the director's cut. Spielberg was going off the rails that day. Did you ever see Louis C.K.'s first show, Lucky Louie? Yes, back on HBO. Yeah. That's what it kind of gave me those vibes from that, too, where it was just kind of set up like. Old movies like this, they kind of set up like sitcoms because you can only have yeah, so many angles that you can film from. Yeah. Like the fourth wall, actually. Yeah. Like, But like I said, it's it's worth it. I, I like this a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, and also a uh, fun note about the dog. Uh, at a time when most uh, canine actors in Hollywood earned $3.50 a day, uh, this dog earned 250 Holy Right? Holy, that's an expensive dog even today. That's a lot of money. Yeah. For a dog. I'm not giving you $250 for a dog just for a day. Listen, I've got two pretty good dogs upstairs. Not $250 worth. $250. That's a that's a lot of I'll give you like 25 bucks for yeah, the day. Yeah, they're not super good at tricks. No, nah, I just want to hang out, pet them. One of them got into the trash. And then yeah. he brought the trash that he knew he wasn't supposed to be getting into into the room where I was playing Power World yeah. and just dropped out on the floor and looked at me like I got into the garbage, dickhead. Why don't you come in the kitchen and clean it up? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like our good boy. <laughs> no, he's a crot- it's a crotchety old man dog. It's not a good boy. Really? It was the crotchety old man dog? Yeah. That doesn't sound like him at all. You don't know him very well. No, I don't. He just no. likes his little pets. Yeah, he's a good boy, though. Yes, he's a wonderful boy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to rate, like we said, uh, any of the stuff on the algorithm. If you want to rate, tell some friends about the show, leave a review. On YouTube, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't. Follow us on Spotify or iTunes uh, if you're listening there. Or do all three. Yeah. Because it's free to you. I don't know. You got time. Yeah. Click the button. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You got, you got better shit to do? <laughs> like putting the Otis on the listener. Like, what are you doing wasting our time now? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Down here talking about this dumb fucking movie for the past 45 minutes. You think we want to talk about call to action? We want that Joe Rogan money. <laughs> we should be just talking <laughs> we're a lot less problematic than joe rogan although jake did say some pretty inflammatory things give about me the 250 later. million dollars i will be just as pop- problematic yeah i promise you the, th- the i think what we've all learned is we have a price <laughs> yeah. we I don't know what it is sell out immediately but let's get into uh what we're going to be talking about next week jake oh yeah what you got for me buddy you made me watch crime now it's your turn to watch crime i love crime yes sir I love this documentary. It's on Ooh, another documentary. HBO Max. Max. It's just called Max these days. It's just called Max these days. It's on HBO Go. It's called Telemarketers. 
Oh, telemarketers. Yeah, Hell you yeah. Had mentioned this offhand a uh, couple weeks ass ago. time ago. And yeah. now it's your turn to watch what I think is a really good crime documentary mm-hmm. about telemarketing. Yeah, so this is about, uh, this came out in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a series or is it just one documentary? Three episodes. Three episodes. Okay, so kind of the same thing. Same, same old thing, but just a different crime. Yeah, all available to watch on Max. And I think you will particularly enjoy this one. I do like a good business scam. You like a business scam? Yeah. I like uh, sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. And this one has a very a certain man that, that gets you're like stuck to. That gets stuck into. And oh. I also like it when uh, the small guy gets his uh, gets his win. Yeah, I posted. Uh, I did a clip on TikTok about us talking about small guys when we talked about the GameStop stuff. Yeah, and I brought up how Dan Olson, you know, ruined that for me. Yeah. It did not do well. It did not get picked up in the algorithm. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's because nobody cares. The only clip that's doing well is that one about the fucking bear. Yeah. It's how, like... People love the bear. Over 20,000 views. I want to hear about the bear. Nobody cares about GameStop. Nobody. We, no, that's why nobody cares about this movie. It was a good movie. It was worth it. All right. Uh, I've got... So I'm going to watch Telemarketers for Jake. Jake, we're going to continue our quest to see most of the Oscar movies. <laughs> and you are going to be watching this week... Killers of the Flower Moon. Hell yeah. It's about time we talk about it. Sure thing. I love a Scorsese flick. It's a man, I will honestly say, made movies before 1992. Hold on. Yeah. And he made one of the best uh, crime movies ever. So oh, Goodfellas came out in 1990. Yeah. And that uh, movie is incredible. That movie is incredible. I might have to reevaluate my spectrum. Oh my gosh, it started in 1990. That's crazy. You know what I found? You know, it's probably 87. You know it's probably the about? year I was born. <laughs> this is this is exactly <laughs> what I bring up. Uh, I was on Twitter and I was walking it's around. I'm never going to call it X. You I X? knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> I was on Twitter X. and I um, another podcast, yeah. uh, another guy talking, and he was saying that movies didn't start to become good until the year 1995. Okay, that's just. Infinitely not. You true. know why that's true? Goodfellas came him? out in 1990. It's because he's younger than us. What year like, was he born? Younger than us. So yeah. what he was doing is like you know when I was going uh, and starting to really understand what I was watching, that's when it was good. This guy probably has the top five honestly, favorite SpongeBob episodes off the top of his head too. Honestly, when I was growing up, that's when the stuff was good. And anything before, I, I was a little baby, so I just think it didn't work. And when you cover my eyes, I think the world disappeared. Huh. <laughs> so you're born a year after me, right? 88. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 87. Uh-huh. Let's see. Top movies from 1987. Uh, 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 yeah, we can uh, give it to 1987. Yeah, we can give it to 1934. Oh, 87. There's so many good movies. Untouchables? Oh my gosh! I don't Good know one. what that is. The Untouchables. No, that's a uh, Kevin Costner plays Elliot Ness. It's oh, Al Capone. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-seven was Full Metal Jacket, Raising Arizona, Spaceballs. Raising Arizona is an incredible film. We've talked about Raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. love that movie very, very much. Yep. But no, it's a full spectrum. There's always been good movies, just like there's always been good paintings, just like there'll always be good things about any type of creative way that people create we'll see once somebody sees a way that they can do something there's a creative mind out there that says i know how i can operate this to show my vision so and you, that's why i like stuff so you're saying that are you looking to be surprised by something you thought would be bad that should be good because i might change my pick on you right now i am more interested in I don't, so i like the uh because there's uh, something that you've mentioned verbatim. There's no way that's going to be good. And I've watched it, and it's good. That is so exciting yes. that you're probably talking about, I don't know, Harry Styles music. See, you're like me with Ice Spice. I'm not <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> you just came up with a boy. You just said the name of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But I like things that can follow the rules and uh, understanding of how like film works but i also like people that don't understand it or yeah. choose to ignore it because that's how you get really cool stuff yeah you know that's how you get the room or somebody that's incompetent in making a movie that creates a cultural phenomena or you get somebody like david lynch who rejects don't. the idea don't do twin peaks of 
uh, the Hollywood cycle and creates his own stuff that is uh, perplexing but beautiful and it's right. That's fair. So wherever it comes from, I think that that's great. That's what I'm saying that there is no time that movies started getting good because it's impossible. It's like saying video games didn't get good until the PlayStation <laughs> because that's when my baby brain started to really understand what I was playing. And when I cover my eyes, the whole world disappeared. Who was this boy on the internet that upset you? Was it Harry Styles? <laughs> well, it's just the idea that like there wasn't game theory uh, when games first started, when there absolutely was, yeah. you know? So the just limiting yourself and saying that this is how things are, yeah. it just doesn't work for me. When I say stuff like whatever I was talking about, there's no way this could be good. Yeah. That is such a fun thing. It's real good. But I will also be like, that was good if it was good. All right. I said this was good. I said Thin Man was good. No, but I'm saying, I'm wondering what what you want me well, to... Well, I haven't finished it yet, so I got to see if it sticks the landing. Oh. But I've started it. And it's real good. This is kind of scaring me because now it makes me think it's a Star War. It's not a Star War. There oh, haven't okay. been new Star Wars lately. Oh, okay. None that I haven't finished. <laughs> oh, speaking of Star Wars, Carl Weathers died. I know. That's sad. R.I.P. in peace. He, uh, Who's Carl Weathers in Star Wars? He's in Mandalorian. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, I think you're being racist. <laughs> no. He, he plays a... Uh, in The Mandalorian, he plays like the uh, mayor of this outpost that Mandalorian comes to. And he's one of Mandalorian's old friends, and he gives him the nickname Mando. Yeah. That's what he always calls him. He's like, Mando! It's That's just wild. so great. Uh, it's just Carl Weathers is a pretty amazing guy. Yeah, and he directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he, what we kind of talked about uh, last week with actors playing exaggerated versions of themselves when we talked about Andy Samberg yeah. in uh, Self-Reliance. Yeah. Carl Weathers might have done the best version of, of it in Arrested One of the Development. most iconic ones. Yeah. yeah. I think if we're making a Mount Rushmore of actors playing exaggerated versions of himself, that's mm-hmm. up there. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Harold and Kumar is up there. Really good choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers in Arrested Development. Say nothing of Happy Gilmore, which to m- yeah. for my money is still the best Adam Sandler movie. I've gotten into arguments with people. My sister thinks it's Billy Madison. I disagree. I, I believe happy- both of those are very top contenders. I L- think Billy Madison might be my favorite. One, Little Nicky's underrated. Billy Madison gets it because. Whoa, watch that movie again. Yeah? It is not good. adequately rated. <laughs> uh, I would say The Wedding Singer is underrated. I think I think people need good. to go back and watch that again. He had some bangers for a while. Yes, he did. My my kid He's, was telling me that Hubie Halloween is amazing. Really? Yeah. That's good to hear, yeah. honestly. Good for him. I think it, when he cares, well, I think he does care, but I think he also just likes having fun with his friends. He does. And that takes a lot less effort than, you know. We haven't done any Sandler on this podcast. Safety. Yeah. Well, that's because... He played an exaggerated version of himself on Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Andy Samberg. Wow, full circle. Yeah, full circle. I think we're done with the podcast, though. <laughs> yeah. This kind of went off the rails towards the end. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. It did. It really right. picked up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Moon. And telemarketers. And telemarketers. All right. Thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Uh, tell your friends. Jake, love you, buddy. I love you, bud. Bye. Bye.